to The Coach's Nook, your weekly boost of coaching caffeine. I'm Anna Maria. I'm Vicenta. We are two certified professional coaches who are passionate about helping people move towards the life that they want to lead. Every episode, we'll be sharing practical tools and techniques that are easy enough to implement right away so you can experience the impact of coaching for yourself. Grab your favorite drink and join us for the conversation. so excited to have Diana Lloyd with us today. Diana is an ex-opera singer and lover of all things vocal. She's been teaching and coaching singing to semi-professionals and amateurs alike for over 15 years. Diana guides students to their goals using performance and coaching techniques to address everything from performance nerves to dealing with singers' vertigo and making their way in band dynamics or forging careers. Each student is as unique as the processes she uses to discover and hone their talents. Diana Lloyd, welcome to our podcast. Hey, thank you very much for having me and a big congratulations. I think this is number 45, is that right? That's right. Awesome. Well done, ladies. What an achievement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much and welcome. So I'll kick it off with the first question. Sure. Diana, how would you best describe what you do? So I suppose most people come to me via the angle of a singing teacher. For First and foremost, I guess that's what I do. But I'm also considered myself to be a performance coach a mindset sort of coach, a mentor in some instances, and, and I'm a generally a people person. So I, I really like working with people. Um, so yeah, singing teaching is kind of the way that I market myself, but performance coaching and the other angles that help to kind of address where people are wanting to go to with their goals, that certainly falls under that performance co- coaching and mindset. And those things really are prevalent in a singing lesson. The way that I do things has changed dramatically over the years, especially since becoming a coach. Awesome. That sounds amazing. And Diana, how would you incorporate performance coaching into your singing lessons? So performance coaching is what we kind of define it as. It's kind of the process which you use to go about getting the best out of yourself. And we're talking specifically in terms of performance. And in my, my angle, I'm looking at performance through singing um, and performing music live or even on video for that matter. But there's the process of making and developing and performing music. And so the process is going to be as unique as the people that I work with. What works for one person or what issues that they have around performing will be different to what somebody else might um, be addressing or, or wanting to change about that. So through the singing lesson, we're looking at how the thought process goes with regards to challenges. So we mentioned singer's vertigo at the 
top end of this and it's a kind of a phrase that I've coined but quite often singers are nervous or anxious about singing top notes because you know they're high and you're not sure quite sometimes what's going to come out and there's a concern about the tone the quality and I think that comes from this whole idea that we're told as children not to scream to not to make loud noises, not to cry like a girl sometimes when they're boys, perish the thought, but that does happen. And we are sort of told that voices of authority come from a very much a, a male perspective, a patriarchal perspective of, you know, deep resonant voices. And um, so high notes for a lot of people, men and women, is something that's, that's concerning, that they think they're going to make a silly sound or a sound that's going to in you know grating on the nerves because that's the times that we generally make those kind of noises in our everyday life is when we're either super excited that's so amazing or when we're super scared ah yeah so those those kind of noises are high emotion noises and making them in a song can feel a little bit awkward for some people so I might be looking at their mindset with regards to how they're approaching those sounds, if they've got any of this emotional baggage about what is supposed to be a good sound and I'm not making lots of noise, for example. So I try to make it into a playful way of exploring different sounds that don't necessarily need to be nice sounds, because in singing lessons, we kind of assume that we're going to be sounding wonderful and beautiful all the way through. And I actively discourage that, that we can liberate a lot more of these notes if we actually just don't worry about the quality of the sound, but just make the noise. So part of it's that, sort of looking at how they're dealing with the technical aspects, shall we say? There's lots of other ones that I could uh, illustrate, but we'll use that one as that sort of side of things. So the technical aspects, but then we're also looking at what sets them up well for a performance. If you've ever had to give a talk or if you've ever had to meet somebody for the first time, you're feeling a bit nervous, you know that perhaps you don't want to eat that food that makes you burp because it wouldn't be very polite to appear on stage or in front of an audience, whether or not that's, you know, one on one or or a larger audience and have those kind of difficulties with your tummy. Um, and nerves obviously do affect your tummy. They affect the chemical flow of, of those hormones through your body, the fight, flight, and fear responses. So we're looking at, again, how those are perhaps what people find most calming in that situation. And we're building a, a picture of some habits that can go towards providing a maximum performance result. And so, yeah, there's things like exercise, you know, the clothes that you wear, the high heels, for example, some people put on their high heel shoes to go and do something and feel really off kilter. So we'll look at everything from, from those kind of physical perspective as well. And then most interestingly, we're looking at those mental kind of processes and stories that we tell ourselves about whether or not we're good enough to do the performance itself. And that's really where the coaching comes in. And we sort of challenge those stories that we have. And again, we're building habits where we are looking for the good in our performances and not always the bad, because that's the thing. When you've finished do singing a song or performing a piece of music, you often get back and you think, oh, I mucked up that one note. It was awful. I can't believe that I, you know, or I got the words wrong or, and you'll concentrate on probably something that is actually 2% of the performance. And the 98% that went well will not be part of your take home. There'll be just that small percentage. So 
we're trying to focus and shift the attention onto what's going well. Because often in a performance, when something does go wrong, if you're absolutely hooked on the fact that you missed that word or you missed that entry or something went wrong, the rest of the performance can be like, a, like an umbrella over, you know, it can be like a, a cloud over the rest of the performance, this, this one aspect that didn't quite go according to plan. And so we're looking at devices that help us to keep forward thinking, to keep that focus into the future. And so all these different parts kind of come together to make an ideal performance, very much in the similar way to what you would do if you were an athlete. They go through certain rituals. You see them at the beginning of their, you know, the track and field, for example, or even the basketball player has to dribble five times on his left, five times on his right, you know, take it around his body and then make his shot. Those kind of little setups that we do and how that eases the nerve, presents us with a habit that allows us to, to perform at our best. So the, those are kind of the things that, that I think the performance coaching really helped to kind of hone in and allow people to get the best out of themselves in a situation where they're feeling uh, under pressure. Wow, that sounds really amazing. It's fun. <laughs> You're talking about mental habits visualization i'm yep. guessing muscle memory as well very much yep diana a lot of what you said was what we learned in coaching especially the word energy the energy that you're bringing to the performance mm -hmm. and the different influencers like the mental influencers or the physical such as wearing a high heel yeah that you're not used to wearing so to be able to hone in on that coming from your coaching training that's amazing that's really it's been, amazing been very useful having the coaching training to sort of add to this you know the box of tools that i can use when i'm working with somebody and you know each person that comes to me is very individual and their goals are very different and one person's mountain is another person's molehill and it doesn't mean that that diminishes the goal or the effort that's required to achieve whatever it is that they're looking to get. And that makes, you know, very interesting for me because I, I get to work with a huge plethora of people with all sorts of different levels of talent that all of these techniques are really useful for addressing and allowing them to make the, the progress that they're capable of and realizing their potential really. And which is what coaching is, yeah. right? Realizing yeah. full potential and helping you get there. And do you feel that that coaching training has given you the ability to help your students achieve that higher potential? For sure. It's completely changed the way that I work with people. Um, and I've had some students, you know, have some moderate successes, which has been wonderful to see and wonderful to be part of, to be honest with you. It's also helped me when it comes to training the other teachers that work in my studio and allowing them to, to kind of experience some of the, the advances and the movement that the, the, the students can make, which is actually quite rapid. Yeah, and all those, as we said, the visualization, it, hugely useful, holding the vision for people as well and allowing them to step into the vision. That's, that's kind of, again, something that you can't do on your own so easily. It's so much easier when you've got somebody there who can help you make those advances and move yourself forward and challenge that mindset. Quite often, 
we don't realize when we're holding ourselves back or we hold on to things that we think are serving us that really are not. You know, some of my students struggle with mental health issues and singing has been a way of releasing some of the anxiety, helping to deal with some of the stress. Other people, you know, are trying to make careers in this business. And that's when you sort of become more of a mentor. But still then the, the coaching skills are, are invaluable for helping these, these artists develop. And to say really just to realize their full abilities. It's great. That is amazing. Thank you for that. Wow, that does sound so good. And I, I love the way that you refer to your students as each individual with their own unique gifts and struggles and things like that. And having said that, what are the most common issues that come up during a lesson that may be preventing your student from reaching their full potential? I think it's, this, it's similar things that we have in other areas of our lives. A fear of failure. Mm. Yeah. A fear of appearing ridiculous in front of other people. Those are the, the common things that, that sort of, as human beings, I think we all share. It's, it's very humbling to work, work with people and, and see that they share those fears with me and, you know, in, in this kind of trusting relationship that I have with, with people. And, you know, they're quite open. It's a singing lesson, but we're quite open and we're able to talk about the other mental health issues or those fears of failure and how, how you know, we're looking at very specifically in a singing context or a performance context. But I can challenge them to kind of think about how they also are showing up with that fear in other areas of their lives and also where they've been successful. Sometimes the songs themselves really call upon that to you know to to students there's lots of songs about you know overcoming the odds and uh, I had a student just yesterday say to me um, I'm not sure how I relate to this I'm like well you're an immigrant from another country you've had to go through that experience of the difficulties of making that move in a very different culture and dealing with the assimilation into a new culture. I said, did you not think you were successful, you know, in, in that area of your life? He's like, yeah, I guess I was. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah, of course I am successful. It's like, yeah, you are. So even those little bits and pieces that I, that I learn about students as we're, we're exploring music together. But yeah, fear of failure, I think is a big one. And people wanting to get things perfect. There's a lot of perfectionists out there. And that's where, you know, some of the exercises that I do that are not about making nice noises allows them to go beyond this idea of doing it perfectly to uh, doing it perfectly badly. Uh, and that can be very liberating for people. They're like, How? oh, yeah, I've got to make a nasty noise. Yeah. I said, if it sounds really awful, you're doing it right. They're like, I can't believe we're doing this as a singing exercise. Like, yeah, I know. Neat, huh? You know, it, there is a purpose behind it. It's not just because I want them to humiliate themselves or anything like that in class. No, I will humiliate myself first before anybody else does. But it's just to really explore themselves and allow themselves to do something that is perceived perhaps as being slightly silly or not important in a way. And it, it does free people up hugely, just taking that leap out of having to do things perfectly all the time. Wow. Can I just ask you when... You mentioned that 
student, for example, taking from his life and mm -hmm. bringing it into his singing lesson. Mm -hmm. Do you find that your students take their singing lessons and what they've learned in terms of mindset shifts and other things into real life? Do you have an example of that maybe? I had a student of mine who is a perfectionist, is a scientist, and has recently applied to Oxford University to do a master's program. And, you know, is somebody who struggles sometimes to speak in front of other people. And she went and did the interview and got the job. Wow. So we did talk about the interview before she went because she mentioned it to me and we sort of uh, discussed her kind of like her mental attitude going in so we did a big coaching around it and yeah so she's going off to the UK to Oxford and hopefully we'll still do lessons on the internet and continue with her progress but yeah she's uh, she's very excited that's amazing that's so great yeah it's really nice to see nice to be part of that progress yeah that is amazing the power of coaching and as we learn through our training Every interaction we have is an opportunity to bring our coaching skills to that interaction. And it's all about, as Bruce Snyder, the founder of IPEC, changing the consciousness of the world one person at a time. Yeah. We experience that in yeah. all that we do. And, and similarly, the other IPEC principle of everybody is our teacher as well as our student and very much so you know having worked with so many people now there's something to learn from everybody that comes into the studio and it's exciting you know I feel like every student is almost like a new box of chocolates because <laughs> 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 we get to go and explore and delve into their brains and how they work and explore what they're capable of and it's very exciting it's yeah we're something I love to do working especially one-to-one -one with people yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity to really get to know somebody else and to learn from them as much as hopefully they're learning from us yeah yeah a lot of fun that's awesome and Diana if you were to look back over your career as a singing coach what are you most proud of and why it's a hard one for me to answer, to be honest with you, because I couldn't so like point out one particular student. It seemed to do injustice to everybody else. And I said to you, you know, everybody's goals are different and unique and they've all struggled and made progress and worked hard. That makes me, you know, see people working hard at something and to be part of that striving is really a wonderful thing to witness. I, I suppose, you know, I, I take personal pride in what I do. And the coaching aspect has really helped and I think actually increased the number of people that are interested in the studio because it's an extra edge and an angle that a lot of other senior teachers don't have. I'm immensely pleased that I went through the process and I'm really grateful that I've got the opportunity to help others out beyond just the technique of singing which is fun and exciting and very interesting and a subject all of its own. But it, it certainly is an additional level that I think sets the studio apart. And uh, yeah, very pleased that, that it's something that's entered my life. It's made such a huge impact on me, both personally and through my work. 
I think once you've gone through a coaching process, you aren't the same person and you can't be the same person. You grow and you take that growth and you keep moving forward. And yeah, possibly lots of bits and pieces that I've forgotten along the way because we learned an awful lot. And revising and revisiting stuff certainly is, is useful. Even if I've remembered 75% of it, that 75% has been exceptionally transformative. That's wonderful. Thank yeah. you. I love that. Incorporating coaching into singing. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I call it the sharp performance edge. Because mm. uh, I go underneath my name of Diana Sharp when I'm teaching singing. And the studio is called Sharp Performance Studio. And the Sharp Performance Edge is all about that coaching angle that allows, I think, actually quite quick progress to be made on behalf of students as you transform their mindset. And instead of looking for things that go wrong, we start looking for things that go right and why it's going right and what they're doing in that instance and sort of building that into their success formula for themselves. I do this really well, not like I can't do this and I can't do that and I'm really bad at this. No, I do this really well. And so if I do this really well, then perhaps I can also do this really well too. So yeah, it, it means that you make a lot of progress a lot quicker than rather than just thinking about all the negative things. It also makes you a really good problem solver for your own issues. Once you understand what I'm doing <laughs> and the questions that I'm asking and you know, singing lessons really are no longer about me telling them what to do. They're a lot more question-based. What are you doing here? Why are you doing that? What's going on? And then, of course, there's obviously going to be a certain amount of, well, I can tell you what's happening because I understand the instrument and this is what you're doing. But a lot more, especially as they are more advanced and semi-pros that I work with, it's mostly questions and them coming up with answers. Because quite often we get a dependency when we get somebody teaching us, you know, well, someone's got to tell me how to do it. And I think that we should actually be teaching as well, teachers should be actually allowing students to learn how to make their own progress and empower them to do the work and be able to be confident in the work that they're doing. I think that's where I'm, ultimately I want people to graduate and be happy musicians and performers. And we certainly have had that, you know, some people are just like, yeah, you don't need me anymore. They're like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got this. You can do this. And occasionally they come back and go, well, I just got to do this. Can you just, you know, it's like, okay, I'll help you with that. But, you know, the idea is that they graduate and they move on and they do the performing that they want to do. And the performing itself obviously is a great way of learning even more about yourself when you're up there in front of an audience and learn more about what you want to communicate with the world. Because that's what you're doing when you're performing, right? Communicating with the world bringing beauty yeah bringing all sorts of things sometimes yeah. you know sometimes sadness sometimes solace sometimes anger you can express anything in singing sometimes people need to hear the sympathy of hearing somebody else's struggles and knowing that they're not alone in a good emotional song that really brings it home and and sends the shivers down your spine and the goose bumps up your arms and you know, that's what I'm looking for. And when I get those or the tear in my eye during a, a lesson, that's the moments you live for. You think, oh, I can't cry in front of my student, but that was really moving. Uh, and letting them know that that was really moving and that they've, they've done a great job championing them as they go through another coaching technique. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
as I say, you can tell I love what I do. I feel very fortunate to be able to do what I do and do it with people from all sorts of different walks of life from many different countries. And that makes, you know, super exciting. As I say, everyone's a box of chocolates to me. So it's like, yes, what's in this box? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that Forrest Gump that said life is like a box of chocolates? It is a love, Mr. Gump. Yep, absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah, life is like that and so are people. Yeah. Diana, this has been such an amazing time with you. Thank you so much for coming on our show. We always end our episode with a favorite quote. Would you please... Do us the honors of finishing off this episode with a quote. I'd love to. So one of the first people who influenced me and got me into singing was Julie Andrews way back in the day. Christmas and the sound of music were synonymous. And I loved singing along to her voice. I loved her in Mary Poppins. And she really influenced me to take on singing. And so She's also a woman who has a delectable plethora of quotes about all sorts of things, from gardening to being a princess to, to this one about singing, because she had her own struggles as well, which, you know, when you see, see her so young performing so well, it's hard to imagine that she ever had any issues. And this one's about stage fright specifically. And this is the quote that she gave after she realized that the people in the audience weren't the critics, the biggest critic that she had to deal with. The critic that was the, the, the meanest and the, and the most prevalent was the one inside her own head. Hmm. And then she says, once I got past the fear, it freed me up, not just when I was performing, but in other parts of my life. Yeah. So good old Julie. Love her. Love her too. Thank you so <laughs> much, Diana. Pleasure has been all mine. Thank you very much for hosting me this afternoon. I've been really enjoyed talking with you too. Thank you so much. And I love the sound of music. I knew every <laughs> song by heart. I had the album. It's one of my favorites too. Fantastic. Yeah, I think you have to be of a certain era, but I guess we're of that same era. Yeah, absolutely. She's golden. Thank you. Thank you very much. so much for listening to The Coach's Nook with me, Anna Maria. And me, Vicenta. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and share it with your family and friends. And if you want more information or to schedule a private coaching session with either one of us, please check the show notes on how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, Never lose sight of where you want to be, which leads me to a quote from an unknown author that we both love. Hold the vision, trust the process. Until next time.